Welcome back to the State of Being podcast. I am your host, Michelle Saya. I'm an astrologer, an intuitive business strategist, an online educator, all on supporting solopreneurs like you in navigating marketing, branding, and all things online business by honoring the energetics of your natal birth chart. And today we are going to be talking about why it is so important to release energy leaks in your life and business so you can thrive as a solopreneur. I'll be talking about some of the placements that you can locate in your natal birth chart where you can find potential energy leaks. I'll also be going over energy leaks that I've located in my own natal birth chart years ago and how it's been a journey. And I also want to be talking about the most common energy leaks I see time and time again working with hundreds of solopreneurs. In my career as an astrologer, as a business coach, I keep seeing these common energy leaks and once these energy leaks have been managed and overcome, I've seen clients like hit their next breakthroughs almost immediately and so I find that it's so crucial and important to address them on today's episode. So let's get started. So the first placement in your natal chart that I find is kind of like the cornerstone of where energy can leak if you don't manage it, if you don't work on it, it's your Chiron placement. And I feel like for those of you that have been listening to my podcast episode for a long time, you're not surprised. But Chiron is a really important placement to address because Chiron is considered that birthplace in which it hits the tender spot. It's that place of pain and oftentimes what we hide from the outside world, maybe even sometimes our closest loved ones don't even know this insecurity of ours. And if it's not well managed, not all the time, but sometimes I can see it turn into a place of where we experience shame. And that turns into conditioned belief systems. It can turn into a dysregulated nervous system where we are unable to kind of experience a bigger perspective. And we let this pain, this fear, this contraction that comes from this Chiron placement. Chiron also represents that wounded healer. So this is a place where we experience our core wound in this lifetime that we are here to learn, navigate, and find that self-forgiveness. So this turns into a strength of ours. This turns into a gift in which we can help other people navigate this same pain if we choose to. Next on the list for energy leaks, where it can be located, the lunar notes. I'm talking about your North Node and your South Node. For those of you that are hearing the Lunar Nodes for the first time, what are they in astrology? The Lunar Nodes are two opposite points where the Moon's orbit crosses the Earth's orbit. And these points, they provide valuable insight into our life lessons, our life pathways in this lifetime. The lessons that we are here to focus and strengthen on to master in this lifetime leaning into the direction of the North Node. So the North Node are the gifts and lessons that you're here to cultivate. And on the opposite side, 
the opposite point, it's the south node. The south node, depending on your spiritual beliefs, if you do believe in the concept of past lives and reincarnation, oftentimes when we are talking about the lunar nodes, we do talk about the concept of past lives here. And the south node concept is it's your comfort zone. It's where you've mastered in previous lifetimes. You've already mastered this lesson. This attributes is something that you are most familiar with, you're most comfortable with. And coming into this lifetime, we are not here to stick with the same attributes. We are here to develop the attributes of the North Node, to find that equilibrium, to find that balance between the two. And the reason why the south node, the north node, could be a huge energy leak is because I find that a lot of clients, they when they reach out to me, they are in a point of both their life and business where they are heavily, heavily relying on their south node, their comfort zone. And it is okay to bring some of the South Node into your life and business. We are not here to shame the South Node. That's not the concept. That's not the point of the South Node. The South Node oftentimes also pinpoint what other people appreciate in us, what doesn't come easily to other people that they appreciate as our strength. So we're not here to completely disregard the South Node, but when we rely too heavily on the South Node, so let's say, for example, your South Node is in Aries, so your comfort zone is in your own individuality, it's um, taking action towards your first impulses before you even check in with anyone, and not informing people, just like going for it, being that risk taker, and because of that, if you do have a South Node in Aries, what can end up happening is it can cause a lot of tension and conflict in your interpersonal relationships with other people. And what might end up happening that turns into a huge energy leak down the line, you won't notice the energy at first because oftentimes when people operate in their South Node, they feel pretty good. It is their comfort zone, so it feels energizing. But once they stay in the South Node for too long and they don't get out of their comfort zone, they don't go through periods where they experience a lesson or teach themselves something new, which is in this case with a South Node in Aries, how to be a part of a team, how to delegate, how to be patient with other people, how to inform others and communicate with others and meet others in the middle before they go off and make a decision without informing anybody else. So it can be very lonely if someone only operates in South Node and Aries, and that can become a potential energy leak, especially if you're a business owner and you have a community, you're working with clients, a South Node in Aries that stays too long in South Node ends up having blinders on, and they feel so disconnected to their business because their business is working with other people, and if they don't work with other people and they only do what they want to do, they're in the business for themselves, not for other people. So either shift a career path or acclimate to embody those lessons that the North Node is asking you to learn, which is that North Node in Libra, having that diplomacy, having that compromise, knowing how to be a part of the team, that can actually create a lot of vitality and fresh new energy into your life if you know how to dance between incorporating both the North Node and the South Node. Being in moments where you know, okay, 
I'm going to bring my south node into here because this person needs a little bit of south node from me. It's going to help this person in their life as well. And right now, like I feel pretty balanced into moments of, okay, it's time to embody some of the north node. I'm too much in my Aries south node. I'm going to bring some of these north node attributes in and practice teamwork and diplomacy. So it's not about only relying like on one or the other. It's about incorporating both and having them co-harmonize to help you thrive. Having a debilitated Mars or Mars in its fall, actually any Mars placement that you have, whether it feels most natural, most at home in its placement. So Mars and Scorpio feels really at home in Mars if you have that placement in your natal chart. Mars and Cancer doesn't. I personally have a Mars and Cancer. Mars and Libra also doesn't feel at home in Mars. Um, both uh, my partner and I, my partner has a Mars and Libra and I have a Mars and Cancer. But for So for both of us, Mars is a bit challenging here. Mars talks about all about our intrinsic motivation, drive, that is like our life force energy. So if we are talking about energy leaks, we cannot ignore Mars. And I actually haven't touched upon Mars a lot. And this Mars retrograde that happened a couple months ago, and if you wanted to hear all about what happened with Mars retrograde in Gemini, definitely tune in to the previous episode. Um, I talk a lot about my personal experience with Mars and how Mars has played such a monumental, pivotal um, piece in me executing the next step forward for this year, 2023, in my business that I have to talk about Mars. I, I just have to. So bringing a little bit into my own personal life into this when talking about having Mars and seeing it as a place where there might be a potential energy leak is depending on where it is in your sign and house, are you honoring how you naturally are motivated by things? If you have been conditioned or due to societal pressures, peer pressure from your family or friends, social groups to behave or be motivated by things that you're not actually truly motivated by, it's the pressures that other people place upon you that can be a huge indication of a potential energy leak. So for example, what do I mean by that? Um, take, for example, myself. With my Mars and Cancer, I have a Mars and Cancer in the second house. And what ended up happening was I, when I worked in corporate and I had to commute, I would go through two hour drive commute to work in the morning and then about two hours back, 90 minutes to two hours. Even though it was like without traffic, without rush hour, it's only supposed to be like a 30 minute drive. But at the time when I lived in the East Coast, traffic was horrendous. And for me, I feel most at home when it comes to work, when it comes to intrinsic motivation, when I am surrounded by home comforts. And I didn't realize it at the time. And this was, I'd say back in like 2016, 2017. It's all a blur at this point. It's definitely been about like six, seven years ago, I would say. 
um, when I was in corporate. So, and also when it comes to it being in the second house, the second house ruling long-term investment, it does talk about um, one's own financial relationship. So I also am intrinsically motivated on, is this going to also respect my self-worth? When I put energy into this, will there be a return on investment? Is this something that can also allow me to sustain my energy over a long period of time? Second house moves slow. 12th house and second house, they're the slowest moving energies compared to all of the other houses. And I would say 10th house, first house, third house, the energy is faster. So depending on where Mars is sitting in your house, um, depending on which house it's in, your intrinsic motivation and the speed in which you get things done can also play a part depending on house. And so for second house, I also need to move slow. So if anyone was pressuring me to get things done right or right away or rushing um, to have me get things done when I wasn't ready because I naturally move things slow. Um, and this is something that I fully honored as a business owner. And when I really honored my own speed, I really kicked off and thrived. So it's very interesting how that dichotomy comes into play. But yeah, if you're not honoring the speed in your Mars, nor honoring the attributes of that sign, that can be a huge energy leak, if not one of the biggest in your charts, if not one of the biggest. And I'm also motivated by choosing a profession, a career path where I actually care about the people that I'm working with. And I don't think it is a coincidence that I do work with a lot of people that um, have this maternal energy or are working through healing, releasing their mother wounds. That's something where I find a lot of also intrinsic motivation in and helping a lot of solopreneurs specifically around this area because I find that the mother wound comes into play a lot. So fast forward to today, I, I've actually been working from home for a couple of years now, but um now that I'm a couple years into working from home and getting a really keen sense of what I need in my surroundings. And I need a lot of like cozy pillow throws and soft blankets, even when I'm working at my desk, a really comfy chair. Like I do like to be surrounded by soft, comforting things being in both in the second house like it's all about comfort material comfort cancer making sure the home feels safe and comfortable I feel like my motivation shoots up and I am I'm feeling so revitalized whenever I am in a home environment workspace where it's comfortable where it's cozy and comfortable and so this is what brings me so much motivation. And I've been airbnb a lot in the past eight months. Um, I've been nomadic since last year in May. I am looking, my partner and I, we are looking to uh, possibly relocate to Chicago later this year and stay there long term. So we'll finally stop traveling from place to place, state to state, to different countries even though it was a lot of fun, um, but I think it is wearing on my Mars and Cancer, to be honest. So one thing that has helped me really 
keep my energy up with a Mars in Cancer. Because um, being like waking up each day and be like, I am so motivated to get things started. It doesn't actually come natural to me. Like that's something I had to cultivate um, through a very long period of time. But there are some days where I allow myself, I give myself the permission to work in bed. Sometimes the bed is actually more comfortable than working on my desk and I get more done. My creative juices flow more. I have more motivation working in bed than working at the desk. And I realize there's a lot of people out there that are like, no, you cannot do that, Michelle. But I am really honoring my natal chart and my natal chart has never failed me. And if it works, it works. Another potential energy leaks in your natal chart is stelliums. If you have a stellium in your natal chart, especially in the inner planets, if you have, let's say, at least two um, planets in the same sign in the inner planets and then at least one or two in the outer planets, let's say it's mainly Aries or it's mainly Sagittarius or even like predominant elements where you're heavy in water, heavy in air, um, and it's skewing a lot on like one type of energy and it's not evenly distributed. What I would recommend, especially if your inner planets have, let's say, for example, all Aries, what I would recommend is definitely like scheduling like plenty of rest time on your calendar because you can quickly burn yourself out. Heavy Capricorn, if you have three or more planets in Capricorn, three or more planets in Scorpio, um, even in Pisces, these are stellium placements where they really need to learn how to fill their own cup back up, scheduling rest periods, putting it on their calendar as if they're having a meeting, a one-to-one client meeting, but with themselves. Like they're treating themselves as their own self-care client. I think this is paramount. So Capricorn, Aries, Scorpio, um, I'm, there's one more that I'm missing, Pisces, Pisces, Cancer as well. There's actually a lot of placements um, with these celliums. Absolutely a must to take a lot of time for rest as well. I find a lot of Pisces, Cancer, stelliums to be some of the most giving individuals in their business and I often see them like see these stelliums like completely completely burnt out when I see a Scorpio stellium doing too much in their business in their life and always kind of in people's life and business there's no separation it's really hard to have that like energetic boundary because they're so intuitive even when they're not consciously aware of it even when they're not in like the physical proximity or presence of that person whether it could be family member or friend or even a client um, they can pick up on that energy so they definitely definitely need to set a lot of boundaries to protect their energy um, if you have like a water stellium. What I would say with air stelliums, especially if you have a Gemini stellium, oftentimes they question themselves a lot and a potential energy leak is being around too many people at the same time and not having enough time to be in solitude and hear your own thoughts. If you're into human design, I would also see if you have a undefined um, head or ajna 
oftentimes people with undefined head um, center or ajna center they can um, take in the voices of too many people and that can be very fatiguing over time it can be a huge energy leak as well another placement in the natal chart would be your saturn placement so I work with a lot of clients that have a Saturn in Aquarius. I'm a Saturn in Aquarius. I have one in the ninth house. And I also work with a lot of clients, younger clients, that has Saturn in Pisces. And Saturn in Pisces specifically talks about how can you go through these, um, although challenging, but very rewarding lessons. Saturn rewards greatly generously when you put in the work saturn is actually one of the most generous planets in the natal chart a lot of people don't see it that way they are the most generous when you've earned it it's like that earning planet so with saturn and pisces when you do the work of exploring your own spirituality even releasing your addictions pisces does talk about addictions and how you can cultivate merging creativity and spirituality together, it can be very rewarding. And there will be a lot of individuals with Saturn and Pisces in this lifetime that will probably be diving into spiritual work or merging art or some sort of artistic field with spirituality. And because the world is now more and more digital with Saturn and Aquarius, And also Pluto moving into Aquarius very soon this year. And that's going to really have a ripple effect on collective consciousness and society as a whole. We are diving into technology, um, digital AI. And I find that spirituality and technology, the digital world, they are inseparable. They're going to have a natural marriage. And knowing how to reconcile, work with the challenges of Saturn can be extremely rewarding. So I wouldn't even call it necessarily an energy leak. It's one of those things where it's good to do the work now or else the pressure will set in, which can cause an energy leak later on because it can feel, you can feel exhausted, like, oh my God, Um, why did I not get in on this um, when I was at this point in my life and business? Why did I wait so long to get in on this? That is a potential energy leak that I oftentimes um, hear from clients that haven't really been working on their Saturn placement or honoring their Saturn's lessons. Last but not least um, that I want to talk about today are also Black Moon, your Black Moon Lilith placement. Um, The true oscillating calculation is what I tend to look at in my own chart as well as that of my clients. I also do have a self-paced course, the Black Moon Lilith Experience. It's a four-week long module where you can dive dive into your own Black Moon Lilith placement and uncover what are some of the potential shadow work and triggers and projections that you place upon other people and what other people place upon you as a reoccurring theme that's happening in your life. And I see Black Moon Lilith as this really unhinged, almost chaotic, unpredictable um, placement. And I personally have a Lilith in Pisces in the 10th house. Some of the ways that I had to learn my Black Moon Lilith placement the hard way in terms of energy leaks was 
I didn't realize that I projected the energy of um, people believing that I can rescue them. Lilith in Pisces does have this projection energy of like the martyr or someone that can help save you, which is incredibly dangerous um, if left unchecked, if you're completely unaware of it. Um, and regardless of where your Lilith placement is, um, I also have a lot of clients that might have like a Lilith in Gemini or Lilith in the third house. And what ends up happening with that placement is they might say something that's well-meaning, but people are triggered by the visual communication. Whatever they say, um, if the person that's receiving what the native is saying, they have like an unresolved shadow, it's going to show up in the form of a trigger. So oftentimes I say Lilith holds up the mirror to for other people to activate unresolved shadow work that they need to do. And oftentimes it's unwelcomed, like um, it feels very automatic, it's involuntary, we don't ask for it, it just happens. So one can only imagine, like for me with Lilith and Pisces, when I started this spiritual work, one thing that I did not expect is... Um, easily attracting people, especially when I first started out in my business and I was still learning how to set boundaries. And I had a lot of trial and error was with setting boundaries with clients. Um, but one of the biggest things that I had to really work through as a huge energy leak, and it led to many times where I felt completely fatigued, emotionally, mentally, spiritually fatigued, was attracting prospects or people that expected me to rescue them or fix them or, or like clients that really wanted to trauma bond with me. And I can't tell you how many times I had to put my foot down and say no because I've experienced what that's like with like even my interpersonal relationships with family and friends. And Lilith and Pisces, um, it's like you gotta set hardcore boundaries. Depending on where it is in the sign and house, that's where you set boundaries around that area of life. So if you are curious about your Black Moon Little placement, you wanna learn more about it, I also see this placement as where you can really harness your confidence when you set those boundaries. Um, I will leave a link in the show notes below so you can learn more about that four-week course that I'm offering. I also want to talk about common energy leaks overall that I've been seeing um, in my years of practice and as, as an astrologer, as a business strategist. So first things first is the most common energy leaks I see in solopreneurs where it blocks them abundantly, even if they seem on the surface, like front-facing online, it looks like they have a front-facing strategy. It looks pretty solid. They might even have a strong positioning, like their copywriting's good, their positioning's good. What I find oftentimes happen is there is an energetic incongruence and there are a lot of hidden energy leaks that the person might even be aware of but have failed to address or they are being avoidant and just kind of like brushing under the rug, but it is leaking into their business. I see this happen time and time again. And energy leaks oftentimes do come in the form of your belief systems, what you believe about yourself, and it ties into your confidence. If you don't feel confident 
as a human being, as a business owner in the work that you're doing, people are going to feel it even when you have a strong positioning, even when you have beautiful graphics. It can only take you so far. But a lot of people, like a lot of your community members, people that are coming across your TikTok videos, your Instagram posts, or even your emails, your sale page, your sales pages, your websites, you can write a lot of positive, empowering things, but subconsciously they could pick up energy that is hidden underneath all that if it's not actually in alignment with how you truly feel. If you're putting up a front and this is just a facade and mask, especially when it comes to spiritual work, everyone is intuitive on some level. We can feel it. And it can come in a very subtle way where people simply just don't feel 100% safe in entering your container. So this is where you really need to look at any potential energy leaks to see if it is actually blocking you from being able to connect with your audience and ultimately with your clients. So number one with common energy leaks, people with the mindset of looking for problems in every solution. So whenever a system, a solution, a strategy is presented to them, whether it's solving a problem in their life, in their business, be solving anything. Um, Always finding reasons or flaws or poking holes on why a solution, why a strategy would not work. And one of the underlying reasons that I found Uh, whenever a client goes through this like vicious cycle where they are preventing themselves, this is a form of self-sabotage, they're preventing themselves from being able to experience what what it's like to come out on the other side and no longer have this problem. Either one, they've made this problem a part of their identity. Um, There is this inherent fear of uncertainty. If this is all I've known my whole life, Uh, Who am I without this problem? Um, I need this to be a part of my problem as much as this problem is a part of me. Um, And this is a very interesting thing that I've explored with a lot of people that do struggle with developing a growth mindset and uh, frankly, very stubborn and rigid in like, oh, like I want a solution, but it needs to be controlled in a specific certain way where I am guaranteed the outcome. And that does not exist. (laughs) Guarantees and having absolute certainty before you move forward with anything in your life does not exist. So there is a lot of underlying fear and insecurity beneath that, um, beneath that type of approach to finding solutions to problems or problem solving that I find a lot of business owners really need to work on because it's truly blocking them abundantly. It's truly not serving them in the long term. Um, Another common energy leak that I have been seeing a lot is before you post on any social media platform, before you post to any platform where you engage with your community, you think to yourself, I hate this. I don't want to be on here. I hate social media. I hate Instagram. I hate this. I hate that. And then you post it. Like if that's your thought, hate, 
that's the energy that you're leading with. And then you post whatever you post. It could be like the most positive thing, but you led with hate. Is it a surprise that people on the other end might not engage with it? You can blame it on the algorithm. You can blame it on so many things, but I can't tell you how many times I um, look through my Instagram feed. And nowadays I don't really see it much anymore because every single time I come across it, I've gotten to the point where I'm like, uh, I don't have time for this. I'm just going to unfollow or mute it. Um, I scroll in my feed. I come across a post, a caption, and it's someone that's trying to be a thought leader and they're, the copy, everything is like very happy and positive, but there's just something about it that doesn't feel congruent. For some reason, like you can pick up the energy behind the written word that's being displayed to you behind the visuals that's being displayed to you and even though front-facing it feels it seems happy and bubbly it's not actually happy and bubbly and when you are constantly working with clients and constantly having to scan and pick up energy and if you have trained in Reiki like you can very easily do this there's a lot of um, people in this space that they're able to do this. So like trust your initial gut and hunches. If you come across a post, an email, um, and it's saying one thing, but it, it just seems a little bit misaligned, more than likely there is this energetic incongruent for the person that posted it. And oftentimes I can't tell you like how many times I ha I've had people say like, I hate this platform. I don't want to be here. I'm posting every day. How come no one's how come no one's engaging with it? And I'm like, well, <laughs> if you go into the mindset with all this hate, people are going to feel it. Why would anyone want to engage with your account? It's filled with hate. It makes them uncomfortable. So it's tough to hear, but I see this time and time again, and it's important to address it. Another energy leak, being really impatient with yourself, not slowing down so you can see your blind spots. Nowadays with the rise of social media, the way things are moving so quickly, especially with TikTok. Everyone has a pressure to keep up, but if you are not moving at your natural speed and being intentional and deliberate and you're just like, oh, even though this doesn't feel aligned with me, even though this doesn't light me up, it's what other people want and like, I'm going to miss out. I have to post this. This has to go out. This has to go out like yesterday. Like, that mindset also creates a major energy leak and a huge blockage in um, having resonance with your clients and having your community feel congruent with wanting to participate in your offerings. And in addition to the impatience, um, trying a strategy but not trying it all the way and not seeing progress immediately like the next day and immediately just tossing it into the trash can being like oh this doesn't work this is a failure I'm unwilling to tweak and refine the strategy because it doesn't work I've seen a lot of impatient people dump the whole strategy <laughs> and solution like right before they're about to hit a breakthrough um or missing critical pieces of the strategy and just putting their hands up and being like oh I tried it, it didn't work like, move on, give me another strategy. I'm like, oh my gosh, why 
why be so impatient? Like your impatience is actually hurting the results in your business. If you move too fast, you cannot see the problems in your business. This is a huge major energy leak, so much so it's almost becoming a pet peeve of mine. It truly is a pet peeve of mine. Two more energy leaks before I let you go. So another energy leak is your your actual literal relationship to money. How's your relationship to money? Um, is it challenging at the moment? Do you feel scarcity? Do you feel clinginess? Um, are you fearful avoidant? Do you avoid money at all costs to the point where you're terrified of opening up your bank account? Um, those are signs where you are probably experiencing resistance to receiving abundance. I also believe in the law of resonance when it comes to having a sacred business. What you put out into your external environment is what you receive back. The external environment around you, it's a mirror of what you feel internally and what your behavior matches to the identity that you currently hold that you're currently holding on to. So in the in respect to money, like how does this show up? If you are the type of person where you're constantly um, having late payments, like you're not making your payments on time or your payments keep fault, uh, defaulting, it keeps failing, um, or you're maxing out on your credit cards, like you don't have a solid financial relationship. There's your personal finances kind of out of control right now. You're not taking hold, not taking accountability, responsibility, or making purchases when you're not ready. And then having to dip into your savings, living paycheck to paycheck. And this will probably uh, go against a lot of what I see a lot of coaches encourage their clients to do, but I really don't care. This is what I live by the principle by. And, and I hope that for people that are interested in working with me, do so as well. If you are feeling anxiety, if you're feeling panicked, um, whenever you are about to make a investment in a program, whether it's my program, whether it's someone else's, um, and feeling at the same time like, oh, if I don't make this purchase, even though I cannot afford this purchase, even though I may not even be able to make next month's payment, um, but I, I feel like I need this program no matter what, like do not purchase, do not purchase the program, do not purchase my program, do not purchase another coach's program until you've reached a state of calm, until your nervous system is completely regulated. Give yourself a couple of days to check in with yourself, go through the full emotional cycle and when you purchase, when you hit the checkout button, purchase from a place of feeling energetically good about it, feeling empowered, feeling excited. It's going to enhance your results. The more you panic by something because you feel like without it, you're not going to be able to uh, move on to the next XYZ result. The more you panic by, the more likely you're going to end up having buyer's remorse. And not only do you end up creating more scarcity, energetic frequency of scarcity for money to not flow to you, you also end up burning bridges with the people, the company that put a lot of love and work into this. So if you are in doubt, if your nervous system is dysregulated and you really want something, wait, 
until you feel regulated. Wait until you're in the green, not when you're in the red. Lastly, when I have a client come to me telling me they are completely burnt out, nine times out of 10, I almost want to say 10 times out of 10, but nine times out of 10, most common reason why they're burnt out is because there were no boundaries in that business or the boundaries were not strong enough and they needed to set stronger boundaries not only with other people but also with themselves so that can even a common um, boundary that people don't set with themselves especially when it comes to business working from home is no work-life balance so the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed you're like working it's just you're addicted to the work and you might go through a period of time where like you're very engaged, especially for people that are in like the honeymoon phases of their business. You're just starting out. They're like super duper passionate. Um, if you don't pace yourself, you're going to burn out. So setting boundaries with yourself. Um, and this is something that was one of the hardest things that I've ever had to do. Um, but in the last year, being able to tell myself, it's like, okay, weekends, you're not working. Um, if you are working a weekend, I need you to like two days out of the weekday, you're not working. Like you're going out, you're taking your care of yourself, you're going out, you're getting massages and you're not working more than eight hours a day, eight hours a day max. I used to be able to work like 12 to 15 hours in my business, loved it. But whenever I did that for a long, prolonged period of time, I always ended up burning out, even as a manifesting generator. I can I consider myself to have like ample amounts of energy, but when I take it for granted and think that it's going to always be like this the whole time um, and I don't take care of myself, I burn out and it takes about three to six months for me to recover. So I never want to put myself in that place again. So I've been doing a really good job where Oftentimes, I don't even start my work now during the weekday. Like Monday, I don't even really take client calls, if any. Um, I probably dedicate only one to two days of the week max during this time of year to taking on meetings, client calls, um, team meetings. And the other days, I do like deep flow work. Um, I, yeah, I also don't work every single day during the weekday. Sometimes on Monday, I even like ease into it. I do a lot more like journaling, personal reflection practices. Friday as well, uh, I tend to go out. I don't like work too much. Um, I Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays is when I do a lot of like deep work um, and when I also uh, have my meetings. And then the weekend, I try to spend time and go out with my partner. I try to hang out with my family while I'm still in California before I go off to Chicago. So right now, like I'm feeling extremely replenished and I'm continuing to replenish my energy. And even like on uh, days where I'm like, oh, the week ahead, I'm expecting my period. I make sure that I carve out a ton of spaciousness in my schedule to accommodate for that. Like when I, the week before I'm about to start my period to the first three days of my period, I do not want to have meetings with anyone because I cannot stay fully present and that's what my clients deserve. Um, So I make sure that I really honor that as well. So having boundaries with yourself is extremely crucial and also having boundaries with other people. Just because someone requests something or um, kind of 
when you set a boundary, they kind of ignore it or you need to repeat yourself. Like, don't be afraid to repeat your boundary and be really calm, respectful, and assertive about it. If you have to repeat the boundary, do so. If after a certain amount of times that person keeps um, going over your boundaries and crossing it, violating it, set set a boundary in that boundary. If that boundary gets crossed where like after three times, if they're still violating your boundaries, you set a boundary within that where maybe like you take a step back from nurturing that um, relationship that you have with that person, whether it's a friend, a family member, or even a client, like set some solid ground rules and always directly communicate how you're feeling, what you're uncomfortable with, and how you want to move forward instead. Um, Easier said than done. Uh, I am a recovering people pleaser and the last two years I went ham on setting boundaries and my business is so much more spacious now and not surprisingly also so much more abundant now. I don't have to work tirelessly and burn out and be at the um, beck and call of my clients. Like those clients are probably not the right fit for you anyway because we don't want to perpetuate a cycle where they think this behavior is normal and then they work with other people and they think that it is okay to be treated that way. Like that is not what we want to teach our clients, especially when we're doing this type of work. Uh, We also don't want to encourage codependency in these types of uh, coach-client dynamics. So this is all that I have for you today on today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you would like more resources, please do check out the links in the show notes below and I'll talk to you all next week. Take care.